Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! All right, welcome back to Pin the Champ. We are here again on a lovely Saturday. It's getting colder outside, isn't it, Song? It is cold and uh, a little bit cloudy on our end, too. Fall is in full effect. Love this time of year. Uh, But anyway, yeah, that's uh, me, Jeremiah, and my co-host, Song. What up, guys? Uh, The professor is out today as a professor, as you can imagine, as a professor in these uncertain times. uh, Sometimes the professor is needed out in the field to do the good Lord's work, so... Uh, uh, he's out today. A chair shot to the head. Out. <laughs> I saw your came up behind him. <laughs> Did he talk too much shit? <laughs> um, well, uh, song. Before we get to the uh, the fun stuff, I do have a sad note, but I feel uh, like I, I want to do this, even though this is something as silly as a as a wrestling podcast that we goof around on every week. It is the outlet that I have. So I wanted to take a moment to dedicate this episode to my um, my my grandson, Emerus, and my daughter. Um, as you know, I've had a crazy month, uh, yeah. you know, the beginning of October. Uh, found out that my grandson Emerus passed away, unfortunately, um, you know, they're suspecting it was SIDS. So uh, just want to, you know, acknowledge that, you know, even though there were uh, a Monday Night Raw back in the day when Maddie used to live up here with us, that that she did sit on the couch with me and, and watch a Monday Night Raw with me. Uh, she I think she liked Seth Rollins, if I remember. She was a big Shield fan. She was like here during the, their come up. Uh, I was looking forward, you know, like, you know, once I got to meet Emerson and everything, turning him into a little wrestling fan. So just want to take a moment to, you know. Uh, just dedicate this to him and just uh, acknowledge that. So, uh, on to less sad things, though. You know, uh, one of my favorite things to do in the world, of course, uh, and anytime I need to exercise my demons is listening to music. Um, right. So, uh, one cool thing that we got to do uh, this coming weekend, the fall coming up, is uh, you know, some time ago we purchased tickets to a few shows and one of those was Modest Mouse. So we got to go to Modest Mouse. Uh, so that was cool. And I, I know that I had kind of probably worried you because I was like, uh, you know, last time I saw Modest Mouse and your friend Ben, who we saw at the end of the. Uh, oh, John. Oh, was it John? OK, sorry. John. Yeah. yeah. John and Brandon. We met oh, OK. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who happened to be at the show, too. But we weren't aware they were there. <laughs> <laughs> and Richmond's a small town. It's kind of strange to. uh yeah, but you know, even not know where your friends are. <laughs> but which one, which which guy was it that was saying that that he was at at, uh, at Modest Mouse in Norfolk? Oh, yeah, that was Brandon. Brandon, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Brandon. Um, yeah, I, I agreed with him. He was saying he was saying, look, that Modest Mouse show kind of sucked, and I, I think it might have been the venue. But luckily, this one was rad. You know, it was really cool. So yeah, it if, was odd to be in the enclosed area with so many people you know given uh we're just coming out of the pandemic now that mm-hmm. was a little bit of a weird feeling but nevertheless it was it was a fun night and they they totally played a great show um i i got a bit confused um when they left stage for the first time they 
and then came back out. It didn't seem like the proper time to leave. And they came back out the encore. They did like five songs or four or five songs. Yeah. I mean, that happens sometimes like during an encore. Sometimes uh, bands go over a few songs and they happen to this time. But I was just happy to know that uh, speaking on the pandemic thing, luckily, the national um, they did check. You know, they were you know, yeah, yeah. organized and they checked for your your uh your vaccination uh records and all that good stuff before they let you in and everybody for the most part was wearing masks you know when they weren't uh you know eating or drinking something and the idol show that i went to like a, a you know uh, a little while ago uh same thing you know uh they they actually require masks the whole time and check your vaccination okay. record so today anyway back to wrestling huh so today <laughs> on uh <laughs> today on pin the chat we can uh, be a music podcast it's fine i'm good yeah, with man. that too yeah. that's fine with me too <laughs> we're gonna do a spinoff that's gonna be some like bonus content we should do right. bonus content on the shows that we go to yeah that'd be awesome yeah do that man uh so today on pin the champ we wanted to uh let you know that you are going to notice a few changes you know we're 22 episodes old we're growing boys uh you know we've been doing news for a couple of episodes but i want to try something different you can get your news from a million different podcasts right there's there's only one or two podcasts out there that you can get news from these days but i think you'll you'll have no problem finding one right so instead uh we want to focus on something that you're not going to get anywhere else right that's going to be what's in the professor's head what's in song's head what's in my head so basically uh, three knuckleheads <laughs> and our, our <laughs> stupid views. I mean, we feel like we have, you know, something to offer. We feel like, it, you know, at least we're, we're, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, we're, you know, we're the same as you. So like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't get your news elsewhere. Yeah. To us for, for online entertainment. For entertainment and uh yeah. stupid opinions. yeah we're we're entertainment we're put we're just like the wwe yeah we're, t- we're getting the f out and we're, we're, the f out. We're pit- <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so yeah so we're just gonna hit you with what's ever on our brains and whatever make whatever's making us mad that week or whatever we want to talk about so um today i want to talk to you guys my personal thing that i want to talk to you guys because it's been going on um, is I want to talk to you guys about the King of the Ring and the Queen's Crown tournaments. Uh, it was cool because as I decided like what I was doing for this episode, that whole tournament was going on. So as I'm writing about it, as I'm taking notes for it, it's not about something that's already happened or an episode that I'm watching. It's like a tournament that's happening. So it's like I had to keep altering my notes as stuff was happening. So it's it kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I want to talk to you guys about that. And Song is going to talk to us a little bit about some recent Roman Reigns comments about AEW. He's got some opinions and thoughts on that. Uh, maybe he's got questions. Maybe he's got some some tricks up his sleeve. Who knows? Uh, so there's a couple of things that haven't changed. We're going to keep on reviewing old school Monday Night Raws because we love watching them. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen when they become two and three hours. Uh, but anyway, for now. We're still doing that, and we're going to be reviewing and rating Monday Night Raw from April nineteenth, nineteen ninety three, or was it April twenty what? Twenty (laughs) second. I watched the wrong episode. (laughs) Yeah, so I get a text this morning. um, I get a text this morning, and uh, he's like, "What episode of Raw?" I could just like 
feel the annoyance in his voice. It probably wasn't annoying. It was probably like some like, what have I done? Did you get through the whole episode? I did. I did. I watched oh, okay. the uh, so April were, 26 were... episode at about nine o'clock um, last night. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? I, I must have missed something. This episode didn't go like didn't go with. Yeah, it didn't go with the last episode we reviewed. So uh-huh. then about 10 o'clock, I text you panicking. <laughs> I, that's that's it i could sense the panic in your text and luckily it's just an hour right and the good news is now right. you're like ahead of the game you got two yeah yeah and then to, uh yeah turn once it's three hour time. raw that's gonna be uh that's not gonna fly <laughs> <laughs> that text is gonna look a lot different it's gonna be all caps yeah what no, the I'll fuck be, <laughs> i'll be watching raw during our recording <laughs> oh my god it'll just be all watch alongs that's gonna be all we'll do <laughs> <laughs> oh boy getting uh, old it happens man yeah man brain don't work the same mm-hmm. that's why sometimes we have to like there's like when when i'm editing there's like this long like dead air while we think <laughs> of the fucking word we're saying <laughs> i have to edit all that shit out but anyway uh next uh, another thing you're gonna uh that we're gonna do as far as uh what we're doing today uh you know we've been so tickled by our dumbass ratings segment that we are actually gonna make it official by introducing a new Woo-hoo! segment called, yeah, introducing our new segment that we're going to call Meltzer Skelter. And then last but not least today, um, we've I've been thinking about this for a while, man. And, you know, while I love toasting to something and finding a good reason to toast, um, you know, I think that that uh, the, the, the thing is, is we just don't drink all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes right. you feel like drinking, but half the time yeah. you got to water. Like you said, we're getting old uh so and we record early sometimes i don't want to yeah, drink before like, noon <laughs> i know we're ruined but we're like showing out at a shoney's like later in the day because <laughs> we're drunk why are we oh showing? lord yeah uh, why shoney's I'm, I'm not i don't know i'm not doing any buffets right now man it's not yeah yeah <laughs> so from now on we'll just tell our our fans man whatever it is you do drink them if you got them whatever it is uh, but, uh, uh, another thing that we, we don't think has changed is that our episodes go best. If you watch the corresponding, uh, you know, episode that we're talking about a Monday night raw or whatever it is, if we're doing a special watch that before or after, just to, uh, see what we were talking about, you'll get more out of it, hopefully. Um, and, uh, song, uh, since you yeah, did watch the wrong episode of, uh, <laughs> Since you did watch the wrong episode of Raw as punishment, uh, you know, I got to add insult to injury. Uh, you're going to tell us today where it is that these fine people can reach out, search and find us if they want to hear us or tell their friends. Okay, about us. great. So I get to shill for us. Okay, we'll do. They can find us on Apple, Spotify. He sounds so annoyed. Google, <laughs> Amazon Music, Pandora, Podbeam. YouTube, YouTube, the last one. <laughs> that is my punishment. He, he thought I am a corporate he, stooge now. <laughs> you can tell he works for YouTube because he said it twice. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much, Song. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> he sounds so irritated. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, Song, that little kid wrestling fan in you, man. All week yeah. long, all the last since the last time we recorded with Saheem the Dream in 
J Mac, which May. was a really fun episode. You guys go check that episode out. It was it was just released. Yeah, check it, it out. It was released yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was still editing yesterday, dude. I I edited like thirty minutes of it, and then my computer I didn't plug it in, and it shut down without saving it, and I had oh. to re-edit it. I was so mad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so I've listened to it a couple times. So you guys go out and listen to it. <laughs> but it was a fun episode, and I can't it wait was. to have those guys on again. Um, but yeah, since the last time we recorded, uh, what's been on your mind, man? What's the, what are you tuned into? Yeah, man, definitely. Um, since <laughs> AEW uh, came out, um, there's been a lot of uh, the fan bases have been divided. Have you noticed that at all? They seem to be like a hardcore AEW group that's like anti anything the Federation does. And um, I don't see it that much from the WWE fan, but there is like yeah, um, some kind of competition between the two fan bases now. Yeah, And it's not really but, just between like, you know, uh, just wrestling marks. It seems right. to also be happening with like some of the stars out there, too. I've seen like yeah, some posts I, back and forth. A lot of it, I think, has to do with probably they each company is getting asked. Each stars from the company is getting asked questions about the other one. So might be they're probably just getting annoyed with answering the question all the time. But uh, Roman Reigns came out um, in an interview with um, Com- Complex. I did hear uh, about that. Yeah. Yeah. He was asked about what he thought about AEW and uh, and if they're competition or not. And his quote was. I don't see the real competition with AEW because I think their fan base legitimately is a hardcore fan base. Rain explained, so there's like a ceiling and a built-in ground to that viewership that WWE is trying to connect with everybody. We're trying to connect with the mainstream. That's one of the things. And then he was asked about um, CM Punk and if he would want to wrestle Punk. Oh, That's yeah, when the interesting comments, yeah. This was the comment that... Uh, kind of like drove the internet uh, crazy. crazy. So uh, Roman was asked about CM Punk and if he would like to uh, have a match with him. Roman's comment was less than uh, flattering to Punk. <laughs> um, he said, and I quote, <laughs> I don't think anybody really believes somebody, someone 200 pounds soaked and wet with no explosive bone in their body could really do anything to me. I'm 6'3", 6'2", 265, a legitimate athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level. D1, all ACC. I probably would have maintained in the NFL if my health issue didn't happen when I was 22 years old. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'll throw him and pretty much the rest of the roster out of the club, no problem. They're just little brothers, you know? So... Yeah. So you want to hear my take on that, man? Yeah. My take is this. It's like, first of all, brilliant on Roman Reigns to use his legitimate, you know, NFL or I I don't, you know, I'm not a football guy, but yeah, no, uh, uh, D1 all ACC. Oh, yeah. No, it's like college, college conference, college conference. Okay. But his legitimate college, you know, football history to talk himself up and make heat right but the way that i see it is this whether they're in different companies at this moment or not now that punk is back in wrestling all that can happen here is good because it makes heat it gets eyes on we're talking about it 
And then eventually, if Punk or Roman land in the same company again, then they've only upped their history. They've they've got a reference point right. for a feud. They've got something to chew on. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like there's so many different levels to how smart it was for, you know, I mean, you know, there's obviously well, Roman's been really good with interviews outside of the ring where he's in character, but also not mm-hmm. the character. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting like the whole he's playing. He's just playing up his heel persona. Right in these interviews, but at the same time, I think he's giving us some of his honest opinion on what he thinks about. Um, I would say these days, Romans probably, you know, the Roman we see on the screen is probably like a amped up version of who Roman is just like a chill, a chill dude. That's, you know, not a heel in real life, probably, but he's, you know, if you heal it up, you can be that version of that heel version of yourself. So yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying there, but I mean, you know, like, and, and honestly, I feel like as well that all of this probably doesn't happen the same exact way, like, unless kind of like Tony Khan's, uh, you know, tweet when when it was the whole like Super SmackDown versus Rampage, uh, yeah, you know, FS1 and... gate. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I feel like if, you know, those tweets that came out kind of ramped up some competition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've and a lot of rhetoric that I've also been hearing uh, around it is, you know, from from different people. I I, I don't remember a hundred percent, but I feel like it could have been like a Jim Cornette, or like you know, and uh, definitely what was his name, or uh, Bischoff, uh, mm-hmm. Bischoff. I've heard him yeah. mention as well. Like you know, it. Uh, I've heard a lot of rhetoric around. Hey stop talking about it being competition because unless you're going head to head all the time, it's not really competition. So there's just a lot of that in the air right now. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it's being picked up by mainstream news, you know, like sports illustrated these days. I'm pretty sure they regularly cover. Yeah. Bleacher report, a regularly cover uh, wrestling. And then used to just be strictly like sports sports. This is the um, sport, you know, we've, you know, wrestlers these days or sports entertainers have to find a new way to work the crowd because we are, we're all in on the work that's right, happening right. in the ring. So now the work is on the internet kind of. Yeah. And you know the way man? they can, the more they can try to blur that uh, line between real and, uh, you know, show um, the better. That's why I think that's what led to Becky Lynch being so big. She just knew how to use Twitter better than any other yes. um, superstar at that point in time. And um, speaking of Twitter, uh, Junior DeSantos, um, you know, American top team who's currently uh, on AEW, former UFC heavyweight champion. He uh, had something to say about Roman's tweet. I mean, uh, interview. I remember something about this, but yeah. I don't remember what it was. Tell me about this one. Yeah. On his Twitter account, he said, hey, Roman Reigns, I heard your interview. Please send the address of this club. You will be throwing me and my little brothers out of That's hashtag right. A-E-W-E. I mean, A-E-W. That's our new promotion. Aww. Yeah. So he got, so, you know, he got the attention of a former, uh, UFC heavyweight fighter there. I kind of feel like he hasn't he I don't know, man. I'm 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 nobody to say this because I'm neither a UFC fighter or a WWE slash AEW or even independent wrestler. Uh but 
I will say that I feel like, you know, he's not one of the boys yet. Like, but I guess yeah. like if one of the boys say he's one of the boys, whatever. But I just kind of feel like he's riding on some pro wrestling coattails at the moment. Ooh, I said it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so but um, like what do you think free, of that? If if he's working with Jericho, he must have some legitimate credibility in wrestling. I mean, Jericho's not going to work with just random people. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you know, like he's UFC, so he's like a skilled fighter. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's I, more like can he keep the other people safe when he's like, you know, in UFC, you're legitimately trying to kill each other. That's got to know? be so weird, like right. making that transition. Like, I would rather make that transition from UFC to wrestling than from wrestling to UFC, though, because, I mean, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Brock did it. Punk didn't. <laughs> no, but, Punk did know. not. He lasted, what, 26 mm -hmm. seconds? Or but something guess like what? That? Pro wrestling has them both now. So fuck you. Fuck UFC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm going to get my ass kicked by a bunch of UFC people. Yeah. By those American top team. Yeah, man. Jackasses. Uh, so what's your what's your take? Um, I don't want to get you too off topic, but while we're talking about America's top team, what's your take yeah. on that guy that's with them? The lead? Is it Dan Lambert. Yeah, Dan Lambert. Yeah. What do you think? Like him? Don't like him? He's a he's annoying. But at the same time, it seems like a good mouthpiece for that little group they have there, because I can't imagine any other mm. the other, um, you know, UFC or. MMA people right there talking about Mike like right that. now. Yeah, give him a mic right now might not be a good idea. Um, I agree, man. He's got like shades of Bobby Bobby Heenan in there. I, I know was that's thinking like a really he's the annoying, like annoying but entertaining at the same time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Agree. Okay. Go on. I didn't mean to throw you off track. No, Tell no, you're fine. This. Tell me more I about think these that... evil tweets. <laughs> The funniest thing, uh, the funniest one I saw, like, um, well, before we get to MJF, uh, Brian Cage tweeted something also about it. He had a uh, picture of himself wrestling Austin Theory on his Twitter oh, page. Oh, so he's basically uh, saying, I'm headed to NXT. No, wait. No, <laughs> Theory's on Raw now, right? Or yeah, Theory's on Raw now. He okay. said, someone can Photoshop a Roman on Theory and recreate him throwing this little brother out of the club. Um and so I'm guessing he's saying like compared to uh, I don't know if he's throwing shade at theory or Roman here. Say it again. I didn't I didn't quite understand it. One more time. Who said this? Uh, Brian Cage, the big steroid oh, oh, motherfucker from AW. Yeah, the one yeah, that's probably yeah. the one that's probably going to be in WWE soon. <laughs> yeah, he got the body type that WWE likes. So right. I don't probably. But, so, you know, he, he posted he posted a photo of himself wrestling uh, Austin Theory in the independent scene. OK. And he said somebody could Photoshop a. Uh, someone can Photoshop Roman onto Austin Theory's body and then it'll look like him throwing him out of the club. <laughs> so and, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know who he's throwing shade at there. I think it's I think it's more on theory than trying to throw shade on Roman. I don't know, because in yeah. that situation, he would be Roman. Yeah, him. I think so. I'm really confused. He's we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna need you to go <laughs> ahead and uh, like update that tweet, okay, <laughs> Mr. Cage? <Right. laughs> um, but I found what I found really funny is my guy MJF. He was, uh, he was on uh, the uh, wrestling with Brandon Walker show, uh -huh. and 
ask about that. He said, uh, Roman lost in key demographic to Ruby Soho, and Ruby Soho sucks. So I don't know what to tell you. Don't get me wrong. That's not me shitting on Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is a hella performer. He really is. I think he's absolutely incredible. I am better than him on the mic and in the ring. Sure, but I'm not going to go out my way to talk shit about him because I respect him. So while <laughs> respect him, he basically shitted all over him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Ruby. Yeah, well, MJF is just... He's going to do that, man. Dude, that guy is... I like, don't remember what it was the other day I was watching. That's my guy, man. I love was, MJF. <laughs> you are like the MJF of... of, of, of in real life. Wrestling, in real life. Yeah, yeah you're I'm like... In, in my life, you were MJ, the MJF. You were always being mean to me. <laughs> you make fun of me for crying at Lucas Nelson. So what, hey, man? I had a tear going down. You crying, man. It's a song. A song, about, for it's it. a song about my home state. Don't be a little bitch. <laughs> This is always this is good, definitely getting edited out. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, man, I can see why MJF is your guy, man. But but it, I, I remember like seeing something with him recently where I, I don't even remember what I was watching, but he was like somebody was pregnant or just had a baby or something, and he was like, Oh yeah, congratulations on having a baby. Fuck you, or something like it's just yeah. terrible <laughs> or something. It was like well, this is the guy when he had a little we had a little miniature feud with um uh who's the the the, the loose cannons kid uh oh Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. Yeah. yeah he told Pillman Jr. that his mother should have swallowed oh yeah you know instead of actually, having him yeah I do actually like, remember that yeah I mean he's trying to be the most you know I guess person in wrestling person very edgy I mean, you've seen him. Um, have you seen the post of where I guess it's his parents or whatever? Yeah, uh, we're, we're MJF <laughs> parents and we don't like him. We don't even <laughs> like him. That pretty much says it all. I mean, that's so clever if he's getting his parents to do that for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's Sorry. never he's never turned off is what I heard. Like in real life, he's he's you know, he plays that role all the time. I guess it's like if you. He's like the human Grinch. <laughs> well, you know, like in the old days, they say you have to live the gimmick. We're not getting a lot of that anymore. Where like you see like heel Seth Rollins, if he's doing a legitimate interview, he's just, you know. Yeah. Shaking hands. A normal and... person. Yeah. Yeah. But MJF is a guy that's living the gimmick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think he ever gets punched? I mean, do we ever see news reports of him getting punched? <laughs> I haven't seen any news report about that, but I think these days most of us are smart <clears throat> enough to know what's a work and what's not. Hopefully. There, I, hope. I mean, there was that Shawn I mean, Michaels event back in the day that, you know, when he went in that bar, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't recall this story. Yeah, I don't know all the details. I don't want to speak to the details, but it was something where he went in a bar a group of um, you know men who were like military trained guys or something like mm -hmm. that uh you know you know who knows like sean probably said something or was you know getting the attention of his girls or something like that or their girls oh. <laughs> and they like beat him within like an inch you know of his life or holy something. Like shit he was in the hospital but they all ganged up on him or something like that but yeah he was you know it was, he was a, living like yeah, you got to look that, that story up. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely on the network. If you look up like a Sean special or something like that, 
you know, oh, wow. I've, I've definitely seen stuff about it on the network. So it's it's an interesting story to check yeah, out. Definitely. I'll check that out. I always love those type of stories outside of the ring of the mm, like the real life of, shit. Yeah, those always like <laughs> I find entertaining. Sometimes you know, real life is more entertaining than the uh, show business. Yeah, and that's that was on the cusp of back when you know everybody wasn't in on the secret. You know, like right. You know, like wrestlers were still expected to hold their own if they got into a fight. So there yeah. was that aspect that Sean had to deal with as well. Probably, I imagine. Yeah, who's gonna help him? He's like a wrestler. He he can just handle himself, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Ugh, how it sucked. I mean, you have to imagine, like, if there's some people out there who are in a bar that they see a wrestler and they're, you know, they're they're gym going to the gym too, and mm-hmm. you know, especially if he looks at him the wrong way, it's like okay, yeah. well, let's especially a on. smaller one like Michaels. I mean, I can't imagine them doing that to a Brock Lesnar, though, right? I mean, you got like the herd mentality. If if you got like a couple of friends together, like in this case, it's like ramped up anyway. Yeah, but let's be real. If it's like us, it's like you, uh, mm-hmm. me, and Kyle, and yeah. we'll throw in Sawyer and we try to pick on Lesnar. No, man, we'll be just, th- oh, we just get yeah, killed. We'll, yeah, he'll be throwing us out of the club. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my new favorite term now. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be cattle on his ranch. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a butcher now. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to imagine that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Roman Reigns acknowledging AEW. <laughs> yeah. I mean, too. Yeah, definitely. I like that. AEW is like, acknowledge me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, that, is that you for the Yeah. Year? Okay, yeah, sweet, man. That was awesome. That was really cool. cool. I'm glad we got to talk about that a little bit. I did see all those tweets. Uh, some of them kind of flew by my radar, but putting them all together like that was very interesting so for me man uh you know i wanted to talk about something that's kind of going on right you know was going on right now and i kind of told you off camera that you know uh the whole tournament this year was happening as i was you know making notes for this show um so i wanted to talk about the king of the ring and the queen's crown tournament um you know most of my sources here are wikipedia or just watching the show myself but um first of all king of the ring is definitely a nostalgic thing for me how about you it is i i wish and long for the days of when it was its own pay-per-view and not just held like i liked it when the uh semi-final and final were all on the same night it kind of made it gave it a bigger feel than having Mm -hmm. it like on each episode of raw and smackdown like they've been doing lately right it really at, for, at one point for me, King of the Ring was one of the big pay-per-views that the WWF um, had. Yeah, I totally agree. With I you wouldn't there. mind seeing it go back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Make it something special. Take away some of these other ones and, and go back to that one. Make the yeah, whole. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't care if the whole thing, the whole tournament, was on the pay-per-view. If it was, make it compelling. Right. You know? It'll be pretty cool too. I think if they gave the winner some type of you know, contract for a future title shot or something. Absolutely. I was going to ask that later, but oh, my bad. No, no, that's cool. No, 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 you're fine. No, let's get into it. We're (laughs) we're talking about it now, man. Uh, So, yeah, I there is actually uh, I think what it was and we'll talk about it in a minute, too. But uh, if I'm looking at it right, there's only one time in history that uh, there was an additional reward given for being king of the ring and that was in 2002 
when Brock Lesnar got a shot at the undisputed title. Um, so yeah, that was I, against I, the rock, right? I, that was, that, that was, was his first time. title shot. I think you might be correct. I'm not really yeah. sure hundred percent on that, but something I would like, I definitely like to look into though. Um, but, but yeah, I would love to see that too. And, and, and that's actually a question I want to pose in a little while, uh, to you and our fans, uh, what should it, what should that be? But, uh, but let me ask you this first song before we get into that. What are some of your favorite King of the Ring moments uh, during? I mean, I'm pretty sure just like for me, it's going to be during some of those pay-per-view type things. Or what is your one or two like distinguished uh, moments I from think, King of the Ring? I think with me and like probably a majority of everybody else, it's got to be when it catapulted Steve Austin to this, you know, next stratosphere. Mm-hmm just like blew up his career. And um, I think that was against uh, Bret Hart. Does that sound right? I am not 100% on that one because I wasn't watching at the time, but I was right. about to say anybody who is watching during the Attitude Era or that rise of Steve Austin, that's going to be probably exactly what they're going to go with. Because even for me, who wasn't watching at that time, Loved going back to watch that moment. Wasn't yeah. it Jake the Snake Roberts? Jake because, the Snake Roberts. Because yeah. because he was because a preacher was a, type character, right? And that's the that whole three sixteen thing. Yeah, Jake yeah. the Snake had come back as saved or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the finals, he said three six. You know, you Jake Roberts. You talk about your Psalms and you talk right. about your whatever. Well, three sixteen. Austin three sixteen says, "I just whipped your ass." And, you know, that's going to be probably that one moment. And again, there's, I mean, like, that's a, an example of this tournament making the star. And um, right. another one that's not as big, but was I found entertaining was um, when Edge won the tournament, but he never held it. He never held the uh, crown or scepter. <laughs> he had his, <laughs> his buddy Christian came out to the ring holding it every single time. Because that's kind of kind of start their like little jealousy over like edge getting the push i'm wondering and, if that's the one that because edge only won at once right so that's the one that i'm watching yeah. now 2001 probably just, yeah it's like literally on my tv over there right now yeah. um but yeah um i haven't finished watching the pay-per-view but i did see the finals so i saw edge yeah. beat kurt angle yeah uh, up until then edge was just this tag team guy and they, this is a you know the tournament winning that kind of helped propel his single career yeah um, yeah, it was cool seeing Christian come out there a bunch of times before he won and be yeah, like, hey, good luck. It was luck. like the Christian show, but it was like Edge was the main edge. He was like Christian was the little brother that was just trying to get everybody's attention, you know, riding on Edge's coattail, it was which cool. is a character he plays really well. It's been fun, like, since I decided to do this thing on King of the Ring, it's been fun watching, like, because I made that decision. I was like, well, to get me in the mood to watch, you know, to talk King of the Ring, uh, you know, I want to gather some facts. I want to, I want to talk about the stuff that I love about King of the Ring. I want to talk about the King of the Ring this year, but I want to see, I want to watch a King of the Ring that I haven't seen. So it was really fun watching that 2001 one. Um, and pretty much all of it was fun to watch because I'd never really seen it before. So it's like, it's like wrestling archaeology for me, you know, <laughs> it's like going yeah, that tournament and- has a lot of good wrestlers in it too right the one that you were currently watching yeah i mean if you got uh, if you got edge and kurt angle that's pretty damn good right there if you scroll down to the where this are you know the show notes and everything uh if you scroll down to the third set it was like says king of the ring 2001 
I think mm-hmm. those are the brackets there if you see them. So yeah, you right. had you had Kurt Angle versus Hardcore Holly in the first round. Oh wow, you got Jeff versus Matt, brother versus brother. You got Christian versus Kane. Um, and then you got Big Show and Raven. Uh, Edge versus Test. Steve Blackman versus Perry Saturn. Crash Holly versus Tajiri. And Rhino versus Taz. Mm. Oh, that was seems like that would have been a uh, banger of a match. But it seems like it was a very short match. Whoa, some of these matches were really short. I know. What what is the deal with that? (laughs) It's like the 2001 first round matches for King of the Ring were like the whole Queen's uh, Crown Tournament this year. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we'll get to that as well. (laughs) But but yeah, that's a that's a whole thing, right? Uh, for yeah. me, for me though, man, uh, King of the Ring, I th- I'd say um, because I wasn't watching during the time of um, of of Steve Austin, the the mm-hmm. most like the coolest thing about King of the Ring for me was the fact that my boy Brett won it twice. You know, he's the only two time winner, and you know it propelled that whole Jerry Lawler versus uh, Bret Hart feud, which was a pretty good feud by WWE you know, standards. It was a long going feud, even though like, you know, Jerry Lawler's not like your best technical wrestle. The story they were telling was a really cool one. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was watching them and then, you know, also seeing Owen get it later was, was kind of cool as a heel. Um, yeah. So I love that. I'd also like to hear from our pinheads. What was, you know, some of y'all's, uh, what are some of y'all's favorite King of the ring moments? Um, uh but as I was doing research song for mm-hmm. about King of the Ring, there's a few facts I wanted to tell about, uh, talk to you about because yeah, I learned some new shit. Um, it was established way back in 1985, which I did not know that. Um, the events from 1985 to 1989 and also in 1991 were held as special non televised house shows. And that's because King of the Ring started out as a non televised way to boost attendance. So they would basically say for these house shows, you know, these WWE live events, you know, there's going to be a special tournament here and we're going to crown a king. So it would boost, uh, you know, ticket holders, you know? Yeah, that's smart. That's mm-hmm. really smart. Give uh, them a reason to go to the show. I know a lot of the house show I've been to uh, several and they're really, you know, dialed down shit yeah. dialed down. You don't even get the entrances and stuff. You'll get the music, but you don't get the uh, pyro and the, uh, right videos and things like that they just come run out it's almost like a small indie show i remember being shocked the first time i, I, I went to a live show like that the undertaker like walk, came out without his jacket or any kind of weird shit he just kind of had a hat on or whatever it was yeah, very weird too. it was like it was like he, he woke you up did get the you know on. there was like the production went there it's just like yeah. i guess they treat it as like an exhibition you know it's not like the full-blown uh event that you're yeah, gonna get still still cool to see though Oh, yeah, definitely. But anyway, the King of the Ring, uh, you know, it was held from every year from 85 to 2002, with the exception of 1990 and 1992. Now that it became the pay-per-views that we loved from 1993 all the way to the very final pay-per-view in 2002. So there's a big string of them here that I actually want to go back and check out now that I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Um, so uh King of the Ring came back in 2006 and has since been held intermittently, uh, most recently, of course, this year, you know. 
Um, now I'll say like, since it's come back for the most part, I would say complete failure. Like most of these Kings have been failures, you know, Seamus, not the, not the most, you know, Seamus is doing great shit now, but as a King gimmick, didn't, he also didn't need it. He didn't need that title or that win. You know, he was already established when they had that tournament. Um, I, I like Baron Corbin as a lone wolf way more than I liked him as a King. And Baron now, Corbin is now like, happy Corbin. He's just a go away guy, right? <laughs> yeah, just go, go away. I, 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 I started to enjoy him as like the uh, miserable Corbin or sad Corbin. They were calling him where he was just <laughs> where life was beating down on him. I got <laughs> you just, entertainment. You just want to see bad shit happen to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you. You're the MJF <laughs> of my life. But now uh, that he's happy is boring. Of course, you know, in my notes, I mentioned Stone Cold famously launched his career, and that's what was one of your fucking moments. Yeah. Uh, and then we already talked about Brock getting his 2002 undisputed title. Um, so that brings me to my question. Uh, what stake do you think a uh, song should be added to make King of the Ring more important? I would say... A contract for a title... But don't treat it like money in the bank. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your title date yeah, is set. You win King of the Ring at SummerSlam, you get this title shot or something like that. At this other pay-per-view or something. Yeah, that way it's not treated like, oh, it's a surprise. It can run in any time because we already have money in the bank for that. But That's if we true. wouldn't use it for like the world title, the name and competitors in this tournament has to be more than like, jobbers you know yeah i'm not if you if you put a field full of jobbers and like one top star is almost Mm -hmm. like oh we already know he's gonna win this thing right yeah agree so maybe a secondary title like the ic or the united States title a contract for that kind of help catapult some of the uh mid carters yeah there you go so it's like but i always kind of thought of I always kind of thought a King of the Ring is like a launching pad to world title more so than a launching pad to mid card. That's my only thing with that part of it. It should be, but the last several tournaments that they held, they, the people that were competed in it, the just card. like not just mid card, they were low, low down on the cards, you know? Barry Horowitz. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, look Brawler. at the Queen's Crown tournament this year. There's like no top female performers on the in the tournament. Well, they're just mishandling the women's division as a whole again. I think it's uh, they've kind of lost touch of the women's revolution. Yeah, they kind of need somebody in there spokespersoning for that. And we'll get to the Queen's Crown tournament definitely in a minute. We get some opinions there, I'm sure. But um, I did have an interesting thought about what the stakes could be for the king and the queen. Um, well, before you give me your thought, let me ask you this. Out of all the men competitor this year, outside of um, Xavier Wood, who would you put in a world title picture right now? From that. Except I mean, you had Jinder Mahal, I'd put Ricochet. I put Kofi, Finn, Cesaro, and that's it. <laughs> Well, Cesaro is a lost cause at this point. He had his mania win and then, mm-hmm. then they that lost him right back. back to, yep. Yeah. But I mean, if you're asking what I would do, you know, I would, I would make something happen. Cesaro's like a few, like a, he's a money in the bank winner to me, or he's a Royal Rumble winner. I would love to see Cesaro. 
I think we're in the same like state of mind with Cesaro that is long overdue that he gets a world title run or I don't know. It's just, he's just been mishandled. Every single push he has has been mishandled. Him and H- Cesaro and, and Owens just need to get released and go to AEW. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but their world title picture is probably going to get Booked a little up bit for a while too. Start fuck too. Shit. I mean, you got Adam Page. They just know how to do interesting stuff that doesn't involve the world title, though. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So my idea for uh, for a potential uh, reward for the king or queen uh, this year would be to have them be the only wrestlers, the king and the queen, who can jump brands and win titles on any brand. I think that could be really cool. That is pretty cool. Any title or is this straight to the world? Title? And, it, and it kind of harkens back to chess, right? You see like chess pieces can move in any direction. Well, the king can only move like one step in each direction. Well, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you understand what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying like the king and queen can move around and do it. I got gotcha. So they yeah. could they, they would be in essence the belt collectors. They could actually go from brand to brand if they wanted to. You could have you could see it, uh, you know, uh, now Xavier King Xavier for example jump brands win the tag titles with New Day but then hop over to the the brand that doesn't have New Day on it and hold the you know world title there or be a world and title how long would that last for a until year? the next tournament and That's somehow they they would be in the, if they would be cool because they could be in the next tournament but they could have a buy because they're king they could get like a second round buy okay and they can that way they have an advantage as king to remain king next year and, and be the same. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So let's uh, let's actually talk a little bit about this year's King of the Ring. Can you pull up that graphic there for me? You see that that this year's King of the Ring graphic? Yeah. Yep. All right. So I would just like to ask you right off the bat, right below, if you don't want to see my picks first, don't look. But. What did you think looking at these brackets? Let's let's talk down the line and I want you to talk me through how you saw this going before you knew what was happening, honestly. All right. But first of all, let me ask you, did you watch it as it went along? Were you catching up with the product and keeping track of like who was winning during the tournament and all that? I watch everything up till Crown Jewels. We know my you, yeah. we know my opinion on Saudi Arabia and it's not going to be something I'm ever going to support gotcha. doing a show. In. Well, but I did I watch the that. Uh, rest of them. All right, cool. Uh, so let's talk through this. Kofi Kingston versus Jinder Mahal. How did you see this going? I thought for sure it was going to be Kofi. I had Jinder winning because I thought Xavier would make it to the second round. Um, you so didn't want to see New Day on New Day. I, I was wanted to. I sa- thought that would be really cool. But, you know, but- I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking if Xavier, if Woods win... Kofi's not going to win, but if Kofi wins, then Wood's not going to win. Right. Because, I, because I think WWE, the WWE is, not is trying to keep them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They they can do a cool fucking thing. Man. When when a cool th- that, and that's the difference, man, that, that the problem with AEW is if that if this were happening in AEW, I mean, the whole tournament may look different anyway. Mm-hmm. But if this was the, the thing. AEW would not be afraid to book a really cool match between Xavier and Kofi and have them going into it, shaking hands and coming out of it, shaking hands. Well, it goes back to what we talked about last week when like, we were asked, like, can there be a face versus face or a heel versus heel? And can it be a good match? 
and then uh you know i said yeah sure why not um mm-hmm. and they could have done a face kofi versus a face kingston without i mean a face kingston versus a face wood without either one having a turn heel at yeah. the end of the match yep i totally agree but the wwe don't believe they can so they said well if woods is winning mahal's mm-hmm. going over uh kofi got it all right so by that token you thought kofi was going on so who did you have winning out of Xavier and Ricochet? Ricochet, so just had, because the way I think yeah. the way the WWE treat the New Day, they're like uh, they're p- Xavier Wood is touch. the <laughs> yeah, and to them Xavier Xavier Wood is probably the uh, little brother to uh, Big E and Kofi. So I would think they would have let Kofi win and then him go against Ricochet instead. Kofi and Ricochet got it. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about that little brother thing in a little bit because I have a totally different opinion. I hope, I hope sincerely this launches Xavier into a world title reign. And I think he deserves it. I think he should be on equal footing um, because he really puts together one hell of a match. So um, anyway, uh, so we got you uh, on this side of the bracket. On the right side of the bracket, we have your Ricochet versus Kofi. Who did you have going to the finals? The on finals the on the right side, yeah. Kofi versus yeah, Ricochet. It would have it would have been Kofi. Okay, you had Kofi in the finals. All right, cool. So we got Kofi in the finals on your right side, and okay. So we on the left hand side of the brackets we have Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn. Who did you have going over there? Uh, Zayn. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. By some crazy weird shit going on with some Dom. Always some crazy weird shit. The only way they let Zami Zayn win is through its crazy, weird shit. <laughs> they won't <laughs> let him just win straight up. I don't know. You know, they really don't like the guy. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I wonder where he'll be going when his contract runs up. I think we know. <laughs> All so, right. But, you know, his friend, you know, his buddy, uh, Kevin Owens, he's recently, maybe a couple weeks ago, put out some crazy tweet. Oh, I didn't that, uh... that you had to read into. Oh, what he, say? he he gave the uh, longitude and lat- latitude of uh, Mount Rushmore. I heard about this. That's very um, like spy shit. That's very cryptic. Yeah, and you know, like he, him and the young buck was the uh, that was their name of their Mount faction. Rushmore, in, right? Yep, in um, Ring of Honors. That's right. I did. I yes. did read. I do remember hearing something about that. So people are thinking like, oh, shit. <clears throat> Here he goes. Hey, was going. Kevin Steen. <laughs> Kevin Steen. All right. On the left hand side of the bracket, you got Sami Zayn going to the semifinals. And uh, you had uh, in the beginning, you had Cesaro and Finn Balor. Who'd you have going? This was a tough one for me. Um, <laughs> I like both guys so much, um, but I knew it was going to be Balor. There you go. So you had Balor and Zane yeah. in your fi- uh, semifinals. And who who did you have going over out of Balor and Zane? Uh, Balor. Gotcha. So you had Balor and Kofi in your finals. Who did you think was going to be king this year? I thought I was gonna, we were going to get the Demon King. I thought the so, Prince was going to become the king. There you go. So I actually had a very a similar story. Thought. A story that's right there for them, and they. I know, it. I know. So, so I actually had the same result with a different path. Oh, okay. ha- yeah. So I had gender going over Kofi. So I had gender uh, going to my semifinals on my right hand side of the brackets, 
And then I had Xavier defeating Ricochet on the right-hand side of the brackets. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then additionally, on, I'm going to the left-hand side of my brackets now. Um, and Sami Zayn, I had defeating Rey Mysterio. So I also agree with you there that I had Sami going to this, the semifinals. And I also believe Balor would go over Cesaro. So we had the same semifinal match uh lined up uh, but at that point uh i thought gender would defeat xavier by some underhanded means because they were going to saudi arabia uh-huh and so i thought they would want him even though he's a canadian <laughs> uh, i thought they would want him in the finals of this king of the ring uh and then i had balor uh going over zane in the quarterfinals so mine would have seen Demon King versus Gender, but I would have seen Demon King beating Gender in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I saw this play out, like I was saying, this was all going on when, you know, as I was writing notes for this show. So once I knew how the finals looked uh, with Balor and, uh, and Xavier, you know, once I knew how that actually was panned out, uh, I thought that what was going to happen here was a huge Balor heel turn. I thought that he was going to get tons of heat from taking away Xavier's win. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to go batshit crazy on, you know, I thought it was going to, the lights were going to go down. Mm-hmm. And he's going to come out and just heal it out uh, against uh, Xavier and either squash him or, you know, just do whatever, you know, just get a bunch of heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so because, and, you know, I've heard some rumors. I don't know. I mean, I think you keep up pretty much the same way that I do reading Bleacher Report and all that good shit when you get a yep. chance. So, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard the stuff about Balor being a big deal going forward on Raw. So I thought that was going to be it. I thought, you know, either a he's going to go over as a face against gender originally is what I thought. But then. I thought that, you know, once it was Xavier and, you know, also the fact that he was kind of heelish in his NXT run, especially at first, yeah, you know, yeah. I thought he was going to do something different because he's kind of ever since he went back to the main roster, he's kind of defaulted back to the same Balor character that he left. Was it? I don't remember what the SmackDown. I think it was SmackDown. Was it SmackDown or Raw? No, he, he lost left? to he lost to the Fiend on Raw, and you never okay, saw him again, left. right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So he, and he kind of came back as that same unchanged character, and I was waiting for yeah. this change to happen. You know, I liked his character in NXT so much more because he had an edge to him. You know. Yeah. But you know, he came back and he had two good matches with Roman. So, give, despite the character, the work is still there. Oh yeah, it's you're never gonna ha- you're never gonna have a problem with it. I'm glad you know that they gave this match was was good. You know, I mean, well, so okay, the match was good, but I did feel like I was surprised by the end of the match. I thought that it ended kind of short with that that elbow that Xavier did. I know you say you don't watch it, but yeah. but the match, while it was good, it kind of was a little shorter than I thought it would be. You know. So, gotcha. But I will say, King Xavier, he did look awesome though. Like once he went to the throne, he mm-hmm. put his cape on. And at first, like sitting on the 
the pedestal. I mm-hmm. thought that the crown looked, I wasn't sold on it. I didn't know how I felt about it yet, but uh-huh. when he put it on, it looked right on him. It looked like classic or something. I don't know. It okay. worked well. And I hope he does. I hope he becomes like his own, like unique character. I hope this definitely turns him, you know, he's an over the top guy anyway. Right. He likes, right. Being, he'll start speaking with a British accent. Very set. Is like he going to pull a book true of royalty? Gonna yeah. Do a book of tea? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I did look up a list of the former King of the Ring winners because I just kind of wanted to see what I did and didn't know. I've got that link on our episode if you wanted to look at it. But uh, I didn't know anything about Don Morocco. I guess this was the era that that it was like the house shows. I knew about Harley Race because Harley Race was the first king that I knew about. You know, he was mm-hmm. he was fighting as Harley King Harley Race when he fought like JYD at WrestleMania three, maybe. I want to say three, three or two. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Um, of course, I remember King Savage. You know, that was mm-hmm. he's. I would say he's one of the more the successful. Macho King, the Macho yeah, King, right? Absolutely, one of the more one of the most successful kings I think of our youth, right? I think one of our most distinguished kings. But then there was a one in 1988. Ted DiBiase uh, defeated Randy Savage in the finals to win the tournament. And I think that was a missed opportunity because I would have loved to have seen King DiBiase. Yeah, he already has millions of dollars and now he's like takes it to be awesome. He'd have to like take it to Scrooge McDuck level. Like you'd have to see him in a palace, like swimming in coins or something. (laughs) That would be fucking amazing. But then the next year after Ted DiBiase, another one that I didn't know about was King Santana. King Tito Santana happened. And I guess this was 89. And he defeated his ex-partner, Rick Martell, in the finals. So it was a... Oh, wow. Strike it was force a strike-force-centric King of the Ring. I would love to, to see these. have to go back these. and watch that, dude. If we can. Like, I don't even know. Some of these might be house shows. Like, I would really love oh, to shit. know if That's there right. are... I would really love to know if there are... Um, if there's footage of these King of the Rings out there. If anybody Man. knows by chance... There are no cell phone cameras back then. Please hit us up. Yeah, there's no cell phone cameras. <laughs> um, of course, both back to back, 91 and 93 and 92. Remember, I said they skipped a year. Bret Hart won. And that's that was like the, the shit. That was the awesome yeah. years for me. That was the ones that I was like, this is awesome. And then after that, Owen Hart won. And that was the whole heel Owen Hart thing. King of Hearts. And I thought that whole Bret Hart winning twice to Owen Hart winning was like high points in the King of the Ring tournament, right? And then we get 95. I wasn't a big fan of King Mabel, you know? I don't know, like, I just didn't buy King Mabel at all. Like, just, you know, I never was a fan of, like, the, like, giant wrestler guy. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Mabel or Viscera or whatever. But Mabel defeated Savio Vega in the finals to win the tournament. So that was... Another one that I think that one might have been on pay per view, though. Um, so that's one you could go back and watch. And then, of course, you have the year after that, the famous Stone Cold win. Um, and then you just go down the list, several others, many of them that I did know. You get into the later years where it was like Seamus, Wade Barrett. Yeah, these are the ones that were kind of like year after year, kind of went downhill. Wade Barrett. Yeah. 
Seamus, Wade Barrett, Baron Corbin just weren't very successful kings. I kind of forgot that Wade Barrett won the kingship. Did Wade Barrett win as Wade Barrett or as Bad News Barrett? I think he won as Wade Barrett, defeating Neville, believe it or not. Neville? Yeah. This How? Back when Neville wow. was. Wow. Isn't that crazy? How <laughs> long was Neville on the main roster? I don't know. Before they kicked him over to 205 Live? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of remember that. I kind of remember the year Wade Barrett won. That's all going to be on the network, too, man. I, yeah, I'm we'll pretty sure. Check. I'll go go back and watch that one. Yeah, I, I love Neville. Was, I thought that I was like Barrett cool. too. That should probably be a decent match. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I remember it being decent. Yeah. Um. So as I mentioned before, we know it's it's often hit or miss with the King of the Ring gimmick, right? Yeah. But it depends on the performer uh, to get the gimmick over, whether it's a big success I, or failure. I right? really hope this. Uh, I hope. I really hope this is a. Uh, you know. Uh, launching pad for uh, Xavier Woods. Well, that's the question that I want to pose to you and our penheads. Um, what do you think that Xavier is going to do with this? Will Xavier as King be a bust or will he be a success? I, me, I think he's no, not you, Xavier Woods. Um, <laughs> I'd be a great King, man. I, I'll tell you right now, I'll make everybody like you. Kiss oh, my feet and shit. Oh my god, you'd be you'd be like being it'd be like having an MJF king, right? Uh, I'll have a human footstool, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll play human chess. That's nice. Where I'll do it, but no, let's. Uh, Xavier Woods, I think he he's such a um, charismatic uh, guy. I think he can turn this into something. I mean. He'll, he'll make a good run of this. Hopefully, he this would lead to a world title for him. Because we all want to see all three members of the New Day with the world title but at here's one the point. Thing, here's the thing, man. Everybody that, I'm, that I tell, like, I think Xavier needs to win the world title. They seem like, whoa, wait a minute, buddy. Dial it back a minute. I don't know, man. Like, what do you guys think? Like, I would love to hear from you guys about this. But I feel like... There is a story to be told here, especially now that Xavier has won the kingship. He can elevate himself even more. He's going to have more of a platform, and I feel like he needs to have that world title reign. Like I, I feel like New Day as all former world champions would just surefire like greatest tag team of all time. That should cement them, yeah, definitely. But I think a lot of it goes back to what people are telling, like when they when they're questioning if he does, you know, is a world title material. It just goes back to like what we were talking about. Like he is kind of looked on as the uh, little brother of the New Day group, you know. Yeah, and I want I think he should be shed of that because I urge you go like type in Xavier Woods into your I want to say WWE Network, but. It's Peacock. Anyway, what is there back. a particular match you want us to look at? I mean, just look at the stuff he's been doing recently, his recent work. Uh, but any, I mean, like, let's look at New Day versus the Wyatts. Let's okay. look at, I mean, just, oh my God, dude, he is definitely, I mean, even if you go back that, if you go back that far, you're probably looking at a, a different Xavier Woods. But I would say, look at his recent stuff. I think he's grown as a performer exponentially and he's always been good 
you know so yeah well new day now is nothing like what new day was meant to be remember when they first started they were supposed to be like some or like preaching and stuff like that they were just like too, gospel yeah. singers at first we didn't know yeah, what the, yeah. they didn't know what the hell like, to make out of it a white shirt black tie like mormons coming to knock on my door asking me if i believe in jesus christ as my lord and savior their vignettes had they were like doing the, you know the clapping and all that stuff but probably what mcmahon imagined church is like for black people they're like hey oh, this is wow. your character now buddy oh wow yeah you're probably right but anyway just a testament to those guys at what they ended up turning they make around and doing exactly yeah. yeah i mean and they killed it i was you know they are definitely a case in which when i first saw the gimmick i was like this is going nowhere this is like fucking uh max moon shit you know yeah i was like well there goes their career all three of them they're done (laughs) you know exactly but then they turned it around and it's become the best fucking thing ever these guys are two are many times over tag team champions and now two out of three world champions and now royal rumble went royal rumble winner uh Money in the Bank winner. Um, yeah. Now he got a King of the Ring winner. Wait, who won in the Royal Rumble? Didn't Kofi win the? Oh no, he didn't. I'm sorry, no, my bad. Yeah, nobody. No, yeah, he did not win a Royal Rumble. I was like, did he? But maybe did he I win forget. like a Money in the Bank? No, he, no, he. Song he is had, getting old, guys. It's. I, I, I forgot what happened. No, what it I is, is Kofi is Kofi is Mister Money in the, or Mister Royal Rumble. He always That's does right. trick spots. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. All right, so man, yeah, that's my take on it. I think Xavier is gonna also do great things with it. I think uh, King should be over the top, and I think he's gonna have a great platform now. So, all right, let's talk a little bit about the inaugural Queen's Crown tournament. So, <laughs> I'll ask you, what are your thoughts on that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, as far as like what you've heard about it, I think we all know there's been a lot of news around. It being kind of a, there's been a lot of negativity around it online about it being too short, not really highlighting women's wrestling or doing them any favors. Uh, do you agree with this sentiment? How do you feel about it? I completely agree with it. It, I, I don't know. This was just thrown down to say they, see, we have a tournament for the women too. I think that's why they did it. But like from the match length, you got, they're all like about under two minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And then nothing against the uh, people participating, though, because Tony Storm's a hell of an athlete. Um, mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler, she's, you know, she's a legit badass. And then Natalia, she can do anything in the ring just about, but just weren't given the time to let them do anything, gotcha. you know? All right. And then, Go ahead. And then the uh, winner do drop. I don't, she I haven't win. really seen. Oh, she didn't win? No. Oh, I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's talk through what you thought what you thought happened or what you think is gonna what you thought would have happened initially. Do you want to do it the same way or you just want to roll me through what who you thought the winners would be? Well, I thought Dudra was gonna win just because they had her fighting Vega, who's been treated like, you know, an afterthought. <laughs> that makes That's sense. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. They actually yeah, yeah, let yeah. her win one. Yeah, Vega won. Vega is the queen. So I'm still um, not gonna watch it. So you thought obviously Dewdrop was going over Natalia, which I mean you could call no. She, well, she did go over Natalia. She did go she? over Natalia, yeah. and yeah. so the thing about that is, is that 
I mean, some could call that a, an upset, right? I mean, Piper Niven, Dewdrop, mm-hmm. excellent. You know, we knew her. I know that I've seen her do a lot of stuff in like the Mae Young stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. And like NXT UK stuff. She's uh, another one. Like, what the fuck did they change her name for? I don't know. She she's, came she's in owned as it. a lackey for uh, for that Eva Marie. Stupid. Yeah. Talentless <laughs> hack. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't have a strong opinion on that one, do you? No, Ava Marie <laughs> is the worst. So, yeah, it's Dewdrop just... did go over Natty. You thought Dewdrop was going to go over Natty. Um, mm-hmm. Baszler and Brooke, I, I'm pretty sure you had. To I went Baszler. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I went Baszler as well. Um, and then so, uh, you know, you had Dewdrop and Baszler and you had Dewdrop going over Baszler then. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. I think I had Baszler going over. Yeah, I definitely did. I had Baszler going over in the quarterfinals to get to the finals on that. Side. Which would have been fine, too. That would yeah. have been fine, too. So Tony Storm versus Zelina Vega. Who did you have? I thought for sure that was going to be Tony Storm. She Me just too. came back. I had the same thing. I had Tony yeah. Storm needed to get a win. They've been treating Zelina terribly, so I didn't think she was going to make it out of the first round, honestly. Right. Um, right. Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Uh, Mella. Yeah, I had Carmella over Morgan. Um, and then in my quarterfinals, I had uh we had I had Tony Storm and then Mella. And then uh who, who did you have? I would have had I would have had a uh, Storm. Storm going over. Yeah. And same thing with me. I had Storm over Mella. So I had Storm and Baszler in the finals, but Baszler wins. So I had that logic stuff, you know, logically going on to me was what I had going on was storm makes it to the finals to cement herself as a threat, but she doesn't make it because Baszler is a monster. And Mm -hmm. now she's the queen of spades, you know, again, something was written right there for him. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, So that's kind of how I thought it was, was going to pan out there. Um, Again, Vega beat Dewdrop in the finals here. Um, what actually did happen, Vega beating Dewdrop in the finals fairly quickly um, to win. It was just not a, you know, I know you say you didn't see it. It wasn't anything. If you turned away quickly, you missed it. You know, she, I mean, the finish was impressive. She hits her finisher on Dewdrop. You know, that thing where they, she flips, I forget the, the name of it. I can't remember. I can't be held responsible yeah. for not knowing the names of these these moves. There's too many moves, people. <laughs> Especially for somebody that had never been showcased or always treated as a comedic act. Just about. Yeah, exactly. So I hate that they didn't give WWE uh, that they didn't give that uh, the women time enough for this. They didn't make it as special as they would for King of the Ring. I've been saying on this podcast, I've said it before, they're kind of dropping the ball recently with the women's division a little bit. Um, so I feel like personally, they should consider making King of the, uh, the, the Queen's Crown, make it a part of a women's pay-per-view, make it like uh, more like the Mae Young Classic, make it huge, you know, turn mm-hmm. the Mae Young Classic into the Queen of the Ring, you know, Queen of the Ring or the Queen's Crown Tournament. You know, that makes have, a lot more sense. Still yeah. have still have May Young tied in there somewhere, you know, as long as it's you're not tying in the moolah. <laughs> <laughs> so one cool thing that I think though is that Vega, um, she's gonna have a ready-made feud set up with 
Charlotte Flair, who, of course, is a queen, Charlotte Flair. Right. So just like Jerry Lawler had a beef with Brett the Hitman Hart back in the day, I think that they could really do something along the same lines here and they could have Charlotte kind of say, doesn't matter what tournament you win. If you haven't beaten me, then you're not the queen. You know, you've got like a built in feud here. And will it happen? But it's hard to at this point in time with all the misstep they've taken with Zelina Vega. How are you going to get people to buy into her as a legitimate threat to Charlotte Flair? Well, I think you do it through that Charlotte Flair feud. You you can even have her lose. If, uh, you can make it a, a long feud. You can make it a hell of a feud because we know Zelina Vega can wrestle. We know that Charlotte Flair can wrestle. We know that if, if WWE will give women a chance, they can wrestle. <laughs> so they don't know what to do outside of the top four women. They don't know what to do, what to do with the rest of them. Right. But in this situation, you've got the I mean, even if Charlotte Flair doesn't have a a title at the time, you know, she doesn't have to have a title. Yeah. But she can still go and say, Vega, stop saying you're the queen when you're not the queen. I'm the queen. No, but nobody's the queen without beating the queen Charlotte Flair. And then you've got a built in feud right there. And it's for the ultimate queenhood, you know, and that's how you make Zelina. You have her, you know, she come out and lose a match or two, you know, against Charlotte. And then you have her and that's just, you know, her saying you're not in my league. And then mm-hmm. you set it up for a pay-per-view and right. have Zelina show out and, and win that crown for sure. And just solidify herself as the queen. And then you made a star. Imagine that shit. Well, you have more faith in the WWE than I do. Um, no, I don't have faith. I don't have faith that it's going to happen. <laughs> I just am telling you what could be cool. Um, this could potentially, hopefully, catapult Vegas' career if they did something like that before Charlotte potentially leaves for AEW. Because after all, her husband's there. And uh, I did read a report. I don't know if you've read the same report. I can't quote who it was, but I read some kind of report somewhere that said that Charlotte Flair is not the most liked person backstage in WWE. She, you know. And, things like that there might be some heat there and if that's I think the there's case, some heat from uh, last night um title exchange with um becky oh i did she, not see that yet tell me about it you know they you know if you want they, spoilers spoilers are about to happen well it's like the next day so okay cool yeah just say <laughs> plus we'll, by the time we release it as you know <laughs> they had a segment last night where um Becky and um, Charlotte was supposed to ch- exchange title because they're champion of different brands. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Becky's going to Raw, but she has a SmackDown title, mm-hmm. and Charlotte's coming to SmackDown. She has the Raw title. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the exchange, Charlotte just kind of threw the Raw title on the ground. Oh, really? For, <laughs> yeah, for Becky, and that was not <laughs> that was not what was scripted. They were supposed oh. to hand the title off. And backstage, Becky took that as disrespect. So there was a backstage argument between those two. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's And then Andrade went on Twitter and just did F-U-W-W-E. I saw that. That was was all about. I didn't catch the whole fucking thing. That's awesome to know. I got to go back and read about that. Thanks for cluing me in. Who says this isn't a news podcast? I take back what I said earlier. (laughs) We're not a news news podcast. We we, we spread rumors. We spread rumors. (laughs) We have unfounded. We are no. We have no friends on the inside. I want to go ahead and quit, let you guys know that again. So, um, 
okay uh, before we get to raw which we you know we're almost uh done talking about king of the ring here like i was telling you um uh, you know uh, moving forward I, I really want to get in the mood for what i'm talking about on this show so uh i thought you know what's better than to you know make some new memories about king of the ring and watch one that i hadn't seen so i watched the 2001 one which is the one you were saying earlier is the one where edge won uh uh, I know that this one also had something to do. It was around the same timeline as the invasion angle. Uh, and remember song, uh-huh. this is stuff that I've, you know, I've seen clips of on different documentaries. This is where you happened, tuned out. Where I was tuned out for a bit. Yeah. So uh, it was cool seeing some invasion angle stuff, even though I know the invasion angle wasn't a success, which, you know, I think it would be cool to do a, like a whole, what if thing at some point on what if the right people came, but, yeah, uh, they also had a really cool ramp set up with a giant electric chair on this pay-per-view. Uh, like the entrance ramp was a giant like mm-hmm. electric chair that the wrestlers came out from under. So that was kind of cool. That was a really cool look. Was it an electric chair or a throne? Uh, maybe. It looked like an electric chair, but I guess the throne makes more sense. I mean, Edge does King have a ring. move called the electric chair drop, so maybe oh, it's foreshadowing his win. Oh, wow. That's very <laughs> true. Yeah, they had a I, I, I looked at it as an electric chair, but maybe it's okay. just it was huge. It kind of reminded me of, you know, that electric chair that Abdullah the Butcher was in that one time in that cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like so that. I'll, get, I'll go back and watch it. Yeah. So um, so I'll tell you what, like when I was looking at this, this pay-per-view and knowing that I would be talking about it on the show a little bit, I was like, OK, what do I not like about this pay-per-view? And what do I? like about it i liked a lot more than i didn't like because of the fact that uh that uh you know i hadn't seen it before so a lot of it was like oh this is new to me this is cool this is intriguing um so some of the things that i thought were really cool um i, ha- I hadn't up until this point seen too much diamond dallas page in the wwe so it was kind of cool i'd heard on different podcasts that he came into the wwe with some crazy stalker gimmick and he kind of came in as like the undertaker stalker or something like that. So I got to see a little bit of that in this pay-per-view. They had a bunch of those clips. So uh, is that something that you remember or have memories of? Yeah, I think he was like stalking undertaker's wife at the time or something. And Sarah, right? Than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly. I was going to ask. I actually have that written in blue <laughs> on my, uh, is a question on my, uh, on my if notes you were- for you. Do you remember uh, Undertaker used to have Sarah uh, yeah. tattoo on I his remember. neck before yeah. he got it? Yeah, untattooed <laughs> or yeah. tattooed over. Who knows? However, it works. That's um, why you never tattoo people's name on your body. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this commentary team was Paul Heyman and Jr. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I like that about it. Um, the I'd say the pay per view itself was good. I got to see a lot of stuff that I didn't get to see much of angle did beat Christian in the first round, uh, which I kind of forgot that later that he was even in the tournament, you know, and like later on, he was like, well, good luck edge or whatever. Right. Um, <laughs> I thought seeing Taz interview Chris Jericho in the WWE was kind of weird now that they're both in both uh, AEW. <laughs> so that was kind of cool seeing the, those young guys in the WWE. Um, I also, until I looked at that list, didn't remember that Billy Gunn was a King of the Ring winner until I watched this because he did a little interview in this where, you know, I think somebody was asking him his opinion on who was going to be the King of the Ring. And he was like, I don't give a damn who's the King of the Ring. I'm, the, you know, I'm the best King of the Ring or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think uh, that's when he was uh, he 
he changed gimmick during that time. He was like what Mr. Ass. And then he went by that time he was going by the one Billy gun and he had like a really ugly finisher, kind of like a chokes really from behind. Yeah. So he had it like starts a million, with a, yeah. like a million names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of odd. They were trying to give him a singles push at that point in time. So he won King of the Ring. He changed gimmick, went by the one Billy Gun, And then they put him in a war award with The Rock, which kind of ended his career. <laughs> a war of words? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to do that against The Rock. No, you're not going to put somebody that has no mic skill against The Rock. <laughs> so I do have a question for you. Um, during the end of this tournament, Shane McMahon speared Angle to help Edge win King of the Ring. Um, I didn't know this. Was Edge a WCW guy at any point during this time? Why was why was Shane? I know that Shane bought WCW. I remember that from mm-hmm. the the episode, the famous episode where he's like, "No, Dad, I bought WCW." You know, or where whatever. he showed up on Nitro. Where he's on Nitro, yeah. But what? So I know his tie to WCW is that that he bought it. Um, but what I don't well, know is like why. So how did Edge become on the side of WCW? At this time, um, they didn't have much faith in the WCW guy that they brought along. So yeah, they kind of like added people put, in. They yeah, they added people that was in the WWE into their alliance. And I think That's Edge right. might have been one of their character. I know uh, at one point Austin was the guy that they kind of put into that role also. That's right. Okay, so Austin was a WCW guy. That's right. Yeah. I need to see. I need like the graphic novel version of those little storylines <laughs> so that I can just go back and piece that together. I want so they should do that. I think if they haven't somewhere on the network is like, okay, you want to see the invasion angle? Here's the ep, the the order of Raw, SmackDowns, and pay per views that you need mm-hmm. to watch. You know, so you can yeah, watch it as, awesome. like the graphic novel. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, aside from that, I thought also, um, I don't think I ever had seen that light heavyweight title belt that Jeff Hardy had on this episode. Okay. If you haven't seen it, take a look at it, dude. I think it was like awesome. It's the, it's this the is, one Gilberg had. Oh, is it? I don't know. It's dude, the same but, title. Dude, I really like it. It looks good on Jeff. Jeff Hardy looked really good in this. I thought this, unless it's the WCW cruiserweight title. Yeah. Jeff Hardy fought, um, X-Pac on this pay-per-view and uh, was it a you, title unification match or something i don't think so i just think it was his belt on the okay, okay. Like heavyweight belt it was really cool looking uh also uh at the time that i went into this pay-per-view i didn't notice steve austin was the champ i getting to see him on this pay-per-view was cool uh, i thought his belt also looked funky it was like the uh um it was like a weird version of the winged eagle belt it was like a newer version which I have seen that before. It was like the winged eagle belt, but it was like an updated winged eagle belt. Kind of looked kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about it. I was going to ask you, was that Sarah Lady Undertaker's wife? And I thought it was. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the only thing that I that I had to criticize. She's not anymore. I know that. Yeah, definitely. That's why. Because it'd be kind of fucked up for him to remove the tattoo. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> if they just got in a fight. <laughs> So um, the only thing that I really had to criticize, like, and, and I didn't finish the whole pay-per-view because like I told you, I was watching it up until the moment we got on here. Um, this might sound a little like bitching, but during the Hardy versus X-Pac match, 
when when I guess it's just a pet peeve of mine. When I see wrestlers call their moves too much, it takes me out of the whole game. And I felt like I kept yeah. seeing them do that a lot during that. So uh, as a whole, from what I saw of King of the Ring 2001, that was my only gripe was, man, don't let me see you call your matches, people. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte Flair is notorious for that. Yeah, true. She's really loud too. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's what you got. Yeah, that's really uh, that's really all I got. Thanks for uh, for hearing me out on that, guys. Yeah, that was really good and really entertaining, man. Thank you. Um, so for all our pinheads out there, what's on your mind this week? What's making you happy, sad, mad? Drop us a message on Facebook at our Pin the Champ page. Or call us and leave us a message on Google Voice, 804-446-1139. Yeah, man, we really do want to hear from you guys. Whatever's on your mind around King of the Ring, around those Roman Reign comments, or whatever's you know pissing you off this week or making you happy to be a wrestling fan. Uh, we want to hear all that stuff. You know, Just let us know. So yeah, on to... Go ahead. Treat us like therapy. Just leave us all your gripes. <laughs> yeah very good likelihood we'll talk about it on the air uh so i guess it's about that time dude that we get to the actual thing that we do here which what is, is re- that review old classic episodes of monday night raw for april 26 <laughs> old men yeah the <laughs> april 26 episode you ready to talk about this so as far as this episode of monday night raw this week um uh, again uh, oh, let me, uh, the actual correct date now that you messed me all up is uh, April, 19th. April 19th. Yeah, this is the April 19th, Monday Night Raw. And, uh, to, you know, to me, um, I think the centerpiece of this match, obviously, you know, you come on the, you know, as soon as Monday Night Raw hits, you get these weird kind of like old school uh, promos with like money and, you know, like DiBiase and IRS looking off to the side talking to Beverly brothers and like, you know, doing their heel spill, uh, their, their whole heel thing. And then you see the Beverly brothers and they are also doing the same pose with the same, you know, background, dark background. And they're talking shit about money. Inc. And so we know this is going to be kind of the centerpiece of this whole episode of Monday night raw is this whole like money incorporated versus Beverly brothers stuff. Right. Yep. Yep. So my only question here is, you know, why is this got to be a non-title match? Were the Beverly brothers not deserving of a, of a title match or they just not beat anybody else? Or do you agree with this? Or would it have been more exciting if it was a title match? I mean, I think the only reason it's not a title match is probably because it's on raw. And back then they kind of kept title matches to pay-per-views. Um, but I mean, at money the same time, won. I, I know at the same time, why say is a non-title match if you're going to have the uh, champion go over anyway, you know? Right. But, but, what has the Beverly Brothers do done to for us? Their title match. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have great blonde, least blonde hair for one. Who the hell even wants a non-title match? Mm-hmm. Remember the week before, like they requested a non-title match. They got what they wanted. Yeah, Why who requested request a, a non-title match? <laughs> Give me a goddamn title match, Money Inc. Right. You think you're so good? Put put your titles on the line. Oh yeah. Speaking of Saheem, which we, we mentioned Saheem and, 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 um, and Jermaine earlier, um, going back to Saheem's question from the last show, if one of these teams were the face and one was the heels, who, who was who here? 
I it looked to me that um, the Beverly were playing the heel because really? they were they they did a lot of the isolation. They isolated DiBiase mm-hmm. and were doing a lot of the uh, tactic to get the uh, IRS to come in the ring to distract the referee while they double team DiBiase. Hmm. Um, maybe some of that stuff happened towards the beginning of the match. I know I started paying attention towards the end of the match at who seemed to be healing it up. And for me, it was, it seemed like that the Beverly's were kind of the bleach blonde faces and money Inc was kind of healing it up either way though. It was a, you know, I was just wondering because of Saeem's question, Yeah, you know, like, okay, who was, it was there a heel and was there a face here? And well, they were this, both healed then. <laughs> right. Well, they were both heel, yeah, because you thought the one was heel and I thought the other. So I guess that equals both of them were actually heels. But on my end, you know, it kind of looked different. So I guess it's your perspective, man. Oh my God. It's all about perspective, Saeem. The dream. How about that? How about that? So anyway, man, I I do think the, the Beverly's wrestled a little more face, but either way, solid match, I think. You know, it was DiBiase rolled up Bo Beverly for the win. And yes, I did have to look that up on Google to make sure it was Bo and not Blake. I thought it was just Mr. Beverly and the other Beverly. That's only if they're. Um, it's uh, a it's mustachio Beverly and uh, non no mustache Beverly. Clean face Beverly. <laughs> baby face Beverly. Oh, see, there hey, it is. If, they're baby faces. If the announcer ain't going to bother getting them right, why should we? That's very true. Hell, Vince doesn't even know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so actually, also the opening match of the night tonight was Razor Ramon versus Virgil, a.k.a. Soul Train Jones, a.k.a. Mr. Meat Sauce Madness himself. Get that meat sauce. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, d- during this match, did you notice the one little kid like really screaming for Razor? Oh, really? No, I didn't. Know. There, so I there were some Virgil chants, but then, yeah. like, at one point in the match, like, there's just one kid, you get like, just screaming for Razor Ramon. Like, is this the beginning of where the bad guy is cool? Must have been in wrestling. She was, she was the genesis of his face turn, of his, <laughs> I'm too cool for school. But right. I thought, I thought Virgil got a lot of off- offense in on this match, actually. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like a, a razor squash uh, Virgil situation. Virgil had a, a little bit of offense in here and he looked good against yeah. razor before razor did win with his patented razor's edge. I always like seeing the razor edge. One of my yeah. favorite finisher. Yeah. And that's um, why this was a good thing for me. You know, I'm, I don't yeah. care if it's razor versus razor versus Virgil on paper. Eh, you know what I'm saying? But it's razor on and Virgil on Monday night raw in a what? Five, four or five minute match maybe about you know maybe maybe i'm wrong but well he's a uh, virgil is a really good jobber he does his job and you know takes the eat the pin and gets his money yeah he's and, a glorified and, then he hits, jobber. and then he hits the marta station and he sets up a table <laughs> and he says ted dibiase is gonna be there with him <laughs> and then he's just got pictures of Ted DiBiase. I mean, who else can go? He's the, the, the great app maker that he is. <laughs> yes, exactly. Please, if you have not already, go to your Apple store, go to your Google, Google Play store. I assume it's on Apple. I know it's on Google because I have a Google phone. You have an Apple song? Yeah, it's, it's, on, it's there. on there. Okay, it's okay. on there. Yeah. So meat sauce madness, baby. So Virgil, I'm just poking lighthearted fun at you. I want to help you sell your game. That's awesome. I mean, check the reviews, people. 
Uh, also, of course, you know, anytime there's a Brett interview, it's going to be uh, considered a win for me. Uh, so this episode had, uh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon, the man himself, the boss himself, interviewing Brett before Brett had to spit on Vince and get screwed by Vince. Vince actually refers to Brett here as the people's champ. So what the hell? Yeah, Rock? I caught that. Yeah. What the hell, Rock? You stole Brett's gimmick. <laughs> Can you smell well, what the Brett's cooking, Rock? <laughs> if you don't believe me, Rock, go watch the episode. April 19th. The people's champion, Brett Hart. That's right. The people's yeah, champion. Yeah, I caught Brett that Hart. too. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, That's because, you know, Brett's the underdog. He was the underdog yeah. against Yoko. But Brett says he likes being an underdog. Why would you like being an underdog? Because people prove you wrong. You can people. Wait, I meant that the other way. No, you, you prove can people prove wrong. people wrong. Yeah, you can prove people wrong. As a matter of fact, when you're the underdog, you can make a hit list with the narcissist Lex Luger at the top of it song. Yeah. And then they show footage of Lex Luger. He's attacking Bret Hart during a press conference here. This is back at like Mania, I think. Right. Yeah. Where, where yeah. Like Mania. Uh, what? Uh, brunch or something? The Mania luncheon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Mania luncheon. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they show that footage of Lex attacking Brett. So he's the first guy on Brett's hit list. The people's champ. They, uh, and then Vince talks a little bit about investigating Lex Luger's elbow. And my thought was like, it was the, what uh, do you, what are you investigating? Arm, right? Yeah. It was the forearm. Bionic well, forearm. What yeah, are you investigating? But... You know, it's bionic. You call it the bionic <laughs> forearm. You know, he's had surgery. What's the investigation about? Whether he hits you with it. It's on right. tape that he hits you with it. Yeah, but didn't Brett say like it was more than bones? So we know it was more than bones. They've been advertising that. it as a. He's like the Wolverine. He's got Adam, he's got adamantium. adamantium. In that <laughs> shit. I don't need an investigation. You heard it first on Pin the Champ. There's there's adamantium <laughs> in them bones. <laughs> Brett oh, Brett Hart being the people's champ and the underdog that he is, he even calls out Hulk Hogan in this interview. Good for him. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you, dude, you, uh, I've heard in places or, or, uh, on the internet, different places, I can't recall the sources because this is like long ago, but I've heard the stories that the match never happened because Hogan didn't want to put Brett over. Like That, that sounds time. about right. I, I, mm-hmm. I can see Hogan doing that. I don't, uh, brother, I can't lose against somebody who wears pink. What a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> He's Canadian. He's not getting my title. Yeah, exactly. So as far as some other things that happened on the card that were just kind of like, meh, you know, uh, you had Giant Gonzalez, right? We had a Giant Ooh. Gonzalez match during this. He jogged his ass out to the ring. Did you notice that? Like, nothing is worse than seeing a man in a airbrushed, flesh-colored, hairy costume than watching that flesh-colored, hairy costume run out to the ring like jogging out to the ring with Harvey Whippleman behind him. This is the uh, second episode we got to see uh, Jobber Extraordinaire L.A. Gore. That's true. I noticed that. Yeah. La Gore. How was the <laughs> fuck? Of, did you uh, hear that fucking chop that Gonzalez laid on L.A. Gore? Yeah. Ugly, dude. Yeah. But that's right. We did see L.A. Gore. But we saw Gore before. Yep. Uh, the callback. Also, <laughs> another thing that happened. 
Luna Vachon versus Sherry. They we had you got a rundown of all that, right? Um, God, we get man, Luna Vachon. How does she talk like that for the whole segment? Is crazy. My <laughs> throat I... would be my yeah. throat would be like just my vocal cord will be destroyed. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. Every time I see her now, I'm so convinced, and I don't understand why they never partnered her with Ultimate Warrior and make them heal. That's like my new fantasy like when we get to yeah. 2k22 if luna vachon and ultimate warrior are in it they are he's going to be a heel and she's going to be his manager we need to because their our, promo style is so oh, similar so similar yeah. they're like perfect boyfriend and girlfriend like you know uh <laughs> just craziness like uh it would be a perfect yeah. combination but yeah i totally agree i even wrote that down in my notes that the reason it was like a part of the show that i could live without was every time i hear her I feel like, oh, dude, I need a a lassange or something. A lassange. I need a. Uh... Are you French now? <laughs> <laughs> how how do you say that? I don't. I don't know how to say Lossogen? that. Lassogen. Yeah, lassogen. I don't know. Lossogen. <laughs> yeah, my lassogen. <laughs> this whole shit out. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! No, we're not cutting that at all. So basically, yeah, Luna Vachon promo. She's just. You know, talking about Sherry, talking about how she's going to just beat her ass. And they cut back to footage of them ripping each other apart. I'm sure that if uh, if uh, Kyle saw this, the professor saw this, you know, he would have had a chubby. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get uh, also during this episode of Raw, we get Tatanka versus Art Thomas. Just, uh, you know, just a, a jobber match. You know, Art got a little stuff in early but not a huge highlight for me because I know you said you're a Tatanka fan when you were a kid. Yeah. The, the streak kind of really sold him to me. It's like, oh, that's so cool. I can't believe how much matches has been beaten in this crazy. He's been, he's been beating 130 art Thomases. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I tried to look up art Thomas though. Cause I was just, and there was a black guy doing it. was yeah. Sailor. It was like I sailor saw, art Thomas, but he was like, also a wrestler, right? Yeah, he was a wrestler. Also. He was the sailor Art so Thomas. Or something. What's up with that? I was like, oh, wait, did he change uh, race? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, dude. Like, yeah, I couldn't find a white Art Thomas did anywhere. He, did he white face for this match? I don't know. Oh, it's... I think we have an assi- assignment for the next show. Find the real Art Thomas. Yeah, we need to reach out to the real Art Thomas if, if any of them are. A living. <laughs> we need to find out who the real Art Thomas is. Wait, wait. Did you try searching white Art Thomas? Because I yeah. did not. <laughs> I'm afraid to do it. Uh, do me it too. Right now. <laughs> do, it. do it. I'm so scared of the uh, result. Uh, I'm not doing it on my on my computer. <laughs> let me go. It, let me go into uh, incognito mode. Okay, man. While you do that, while you're looking up white Art Thomas, uh, I'll move it on. It came up with white Art Thomas Jefferson. What the fuck? um lastly uh during this monday night raw we also got another bam bam bigelow match which usually for me is is definitely gonna be like yay bam bam anywhere on the card but um i will say i first thought when bam bam came out and i saw him fighting phil apollo was like another jobber i want to see bam bam like fight somebody quality so during this match, Doink shows up with an umbrella, but nothing really becomes of that, right? He just shows, they show yep. him with a... He sprays with, some fans with water and walked out. Kind of dis, 
you know, and disappears. Yeah. Bam Bam gave us a, a beautiful flying head, but he did not have to do it twice this time. He did. Oh, he did. He did it twice after the match was over. Yeah. Oh yeah, but up. I'm saying he did it. He only had to do it once to finish the job. Yeah, yeah, but it was so beautiful. You had to go back a second time. So that's why Friar Ferguson came out, right? And he uh, he comes out and he helps Mr. Apollo because I guess Ferguson and Apollo are pals. Um, so, you know, while I was getting mad at Bam Bam for wrestling a jobber, I guess they're trying to elevate him up to Friar Ferguson status, which is not much better. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, watching Friar Ferguson perform a drop kick on Bam Bam out of the ring was not the most fun thing to watch to me. So it's going on my bad list. For he barely got he barely got any air on that drop kick. Yeah, no, just, man, I don't want to see up that skirt. That was awful. So, yeah, so I just want to put it out there that uh, to you and our pinheads, what is the WWE's thought for closing any Monday Night Raw with Fire Ferguson? Because that's what happened here. We we get Fire Ferguson drop kicking Bam Bam out of the ring. We get a little, I don't remember whether it was an Ico Pro or a, or a Saturday morning uh, cartoon, you know, uh, what was it? <laughs> What was the name of the Saturday morning? WWE Mania or WWF, WWF Mania. Mania? WWF Mania. That's right. I don't. I don't remember what it was, but we went away for a minute. We come back to the show with Friar Ferguson standing tall to close the show. How exciting is this? I know what the hell is wrong. I don't know, man. <laughs> Ferguson is an odd character. I don't like him one bit. I mean, he's again. Luckily, we don't have to. We don't have to deal with him for too long. Dude, but then you look at like NXT now, right? And you see them trying to bring back the vocational gimmicks. Like this yep. dude, this dude is the is a uh well they got some guy from Chicago. Teacher, yeah. yeah, and then they got some guy from Chicago now that like, oh he's he's oh, mafia. He's a mafia you know? guy, yeah. Yeah, like oh so come we're, on. I thought we're past this. So I got the I get the Razor Ramon vibe from him, kind of. You know, that's the closest thing I can relate it to. I don't know if he'll go the distance of Razor Ramon. That would be good if he did, but that's kind of the gimmick. It's like, okay, so he's a mafia guy. He's like the he's like the modern day Razor Ramon. So we'll see where that goes. Um, as far as the show, noteworthy commentary uh, for this show. Rob Bartlett responds to uh, to Randy Savage asking, "How do you break that hold?" Rob Bartlett <laughs> says, "You pull a knife." Jiggy, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, did you notice Bartlett was quiet this week? I think he's still upset from uh, Luna Vachon. By... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Macho Man in the same episode, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just real beat up. He says barely anything. When they cut to him, he looks all roughed up and bruised up and everything. So, yeah. And yep. annoyed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, you know what, man? I mean, I think that pretty much covers the show. Um, yeah. we, we, we ran it down for better or for worse. Now <laughs> that the show is over, we said earlier we were going to be debuting. Oh, yeah. Making it official. And I forgot to put it on the notes. I should have made a note of it. But we said we were going to do this. We're going to make it official. Now that we're at the end of this Monday Night Raw, it's time for Meltzer Skelter. (laughs) That's right. All right, song. So for the very first Meltzer Skelter today, this Monday Night Raw, your overall thoughts, you're going to give it, you say, your show is a Monday Night Raw overall. So this was an average show um, highlight being uh, probably the um, tag team match with the Beverly and um, Money Inc. Uh, 
Uh, low light was Friar Ferguson. Anytime he's in the ring is a low light for me. Yeah. So on my scale, from one to ten, I say it's a five point five. Five point five. That's like just Average. a little bit better than a little bit better than halfway. There. The uh, yeah, the tag team match saved it from being below. That's right. All right. How about you? All right. So, you know me. I'm on my my five star scale here. All right. right. And I agree. My, you know, Money Inc. Seeing Money Inc. was cool. You know, that's basically the whole show is about Money Inc. versus Beverly's. Mm-hmm. Um, Razor's always cool in my book. Brett interviews always cool in my book. Not as good as a Brett match. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of bullshit on this episode, right? There was a, a lot of bullshit. Yeah, Giant Gonzalez, and it's a lot of bullshit for one hour. Giant Gonzalez was bullshit. You know, Luna Vachon and Sherry's cool, but I, you know, I didn't need a that segment. It hurt my throat. Uh, exactly. So I. And, and and just Bam Bam, I want to see him do better things like Bam Bam versus Bret Hart. That's going to happen someday. I mean, it already happened, but in our timeline, it's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And it probably already has happened. But I got to give it like a two and a half stars. Two and a half out of five. That's about where, yeah, where my scale is too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what do you think the professor would give it? Hmm. Man, I think it would be sacrilege for me to even yeah. guess what he would do. But I cannot Probably wait the for lower him to, side. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, who who knows? Sometimes the professor has a hot take or two to give, but uh, maybe he'll let us know later on what he thought. Maybe not. If not, he'll do it for the next show. Either which way. Uh, we loved watching this episode for you, and we love talking about it with you and each other. Uh, we look forward to talking to you next time here on pin the champ. You got anything else to add? No, sir. Hi, man. Have a great night. Good night. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pin the champ podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pin the champ one, two, three. And our Google voice number is 804-446-1139. We can't wait to hear from you.